We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And the Knicks on the verge of getting their first win of the season. Dramatic. <laughs> and Johnson's just going to dribble it out. And the Knicks are one of the best road teams in the NBA last year. Go on the road and get the first win of the season. A hard-fought, wild game here in Atlanta as they defeat the Hawks 126-120. A number of Knicks playing so well despite the last minute of play. And we like their grit, their continuity, their 30 assists. Very altruistic, looking for the open man. Randall, one of the heroes. Brunson, RJ, all plays superb tonight. Well, Barrett with 26. Brunson with 31. Say it with me now, friends. This fucking team. All right. <clears throat> the Knicks, the New York Knickerbockers. 23-24 season is off and running with their first win. Um, well, this was quite an evening. <laughs> all all around um a fun game. Let's just get that out of the way first. A very fun game, uh, an offensive masterpiece um, for the first three quarters, surely. And then I'm looking, how many points? So I, I don't even know where to begin in this game. Um, let's just take it one step at a time. I'm going to, if you don't mind. Let's start here. The Knicks needed this one. Um, and that is a silly and egregious statement to make uh, after the second game of the season, but I'm going to justify it as best I can because I believe it. And I think the reason they needed this one is, yes, in part because uh, they are now in how many hours? Uh, 21 hours? Tipping off in New Orleans to face a fully healthy uh, Pelicans team that whenever they've been fully healthy, they've been a bear and uh, they look pretty good in defeating Memphis on their opening game. They've been off for two days, by the way, uh, Knicks are tipping off in 21 hours and they have to get there first. So, and then after that going on a flight to Cleveland, Ohio, where the Cavs, I got it on my second screen right now are engaged. It uh, looks like they're going to come out on top against a thunder team. That is quite good. Um, but yeah, going into Cleveland, 
and like you know idea it's a long season but you don't want to right away introduce the possibility of like oh the Knicks still don't have their first win how many we've been playing basketball for a week you don't want to bring that into the you don't want to introduce that energy uh and now we we get to put that off to the side again these i've said it when the schedule came out i'll say it again now the first 10 games for me were about survival like just survive the first 10 i, I you know five and five where do I sign? So get the first win after a disappointing Boston game. But more than that, even though this is game two, um, the way that game went where you looked up after um, three quarters and it was such a close game, right? It was such a close game. And you were like, okay, um, the Knicks could certainly lose this game. They're on the road. Um, they are, you know, facing a team that is extraordinarily gifted offensively. Um, and you're like, okay, who who am I talking about on the post game that had a bad game? And you're like, well, I mean, who's the who's the worst player in the Knicks? Like, it's, it wasn't Julius Randle because Julius Randle, maybe he wasn't hitting his shots, but like, man, he was doing everything else. Like, you go up and down the list, like, okay, maybe. Grimes missed a shot or two that you'd like, but the dude was playing great defense on on um, whoever he was assigned on. Usually Trey Young, uh, you know Josh Hart didn't have his usual kind of stuff going on, but like you know, like everybody was having a good night. To say nothing of the fact that a couple of Knicks were having extraordinary nights. So, and we're gonna get to them in a second. So, like. And the fourth quarter was the fourth quarter where tired legs, missing threes, the whole thing. And then whatever that last, I don't even know what it was, last minute of the game uh, turned out to be. But like you just were like, everybody's playing so well. Everybody came to play tonight. We got to get this one. You dropped this one after those guys had those sorts of games. And you just, it, 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 it would have hurt, right? It would To say nothing of the fact that I, I mean, reasonable minds may differ. I think Atlanta's a good team. I think they showed that tonight. They're again, they're a great offensive team. As much as I hate them, um, so yeah, I think it was a huge win. And the fact that they got it, and we don't, we'll talk about how they got it. But you know, they got it right. They got it, and um, they made some big plays to get it. Even if there were some moments where they did not make uh, some of the big plays that you would have liked. And the reason they that this would have been such a shame to lose is man mm, you're gonna have to well hold on let me get let me get my co-star for the for the show he was what man did he enjoy this one he has his new perch by the way about, since i've moved got a nice bookshelf he gets he, he lords overall uh, do, uh does crow and barrett jr and he was watching this i don't know that crows could smile if they could he was fucking grinning eater ear, baby. Cause I, oh man, I want to be, I want, I want, I want to dip my toe into the hyperbolic waters here. Cause that game from RJ Barrett, man, that game from RJ was, I mean, so here's the thing. I mean, he's, we know RJ has had higher scoring games over the course of his career. We know he, he can score a lot, right? When he gets the ball enough, he could score a lot. I'm not going to say here's here's how I'll do it. I'll here I'll split the baby. 
I'm not going to say this was the best game of RJ Barrett's career, aside from the fact that performing in the playoffs means like two or three times as much as it does in the regular season. So what he did in the playoffs last year, those are all at the top of the list. So let's limit it to regular season. I'm not going to say it's the best regular season game of RJ Barrett's career, but it is my personal favorite game of RJ Barrett's regular season career. And that is because every time RJ Barrett had the ball, he made the correct basketball decision, including a half a dozen basketball decisions that frankly, I I'm not sure I thought he was capable of making, which, you know, is going to send up uproarious laughter, uh, you know, amongst probably half of the people watching or more because there is a segment of this fan base who have, has never doubted RJ Barrett, certainly not given up on RJ Barrett and never said some of the shit that I've said in terms of what I thought his ceiling was. They have stuck it out, believed in the glimpses, uh, taken stock in the fact that he is this young and more than anything else, taking stock in the fact that like, man, you can poo poo all you want, like the, the, the box score stats and the counting stats and whatnot. The dude came in and from day one in the NBA, like got a, the lion's share of an offense, often not in the best of circumstances and hasn't always been pretty, but he's been like doing the work, right? Putting in the work. And now it looks like the work is paying off because the, again, it was the decision-making and the passing. I love, and it, it turned out not to be the, the, the nail in the coffin, even though it should have been because of tomfoolery that occurred afterwards. Um, but my favorite, the, like, I can't tell you how many times I wrote down great RJ pass, great RJ pass, great RJ pass, like double underline. I was like adding a, a, an additional underline by like with each one. By the time I was done with my note cards, I was up to like seven underlines on his great passes, all culminating in the moment where he drove, got stripped momentarily, got the ball back. And instead of forcing a bad shot, Saw Julius Randle in the corner. It was the correct basketball play. He made it. Randle made the shot. And that, again, should have been the, the nail in the coffin to put them up 121-114. Obviously, some, some things happened after that. So that, to me, is a game. Like, and, and now that we're two games into the season, again, only two games. For anybody who was thinking that the leap was coming after FIBA, you're looking pretty smart right now. Um, because on the whole, because quickly, uh, you know, was, was not as good as obviously as he was in game one, RJ Barrett's best Nick through two games. Um, and that's a good transition to a guy who was the best Nick for a lot of games last year. And that's Jalen Brunson. Weird, weird Jalen game, right? Um, we've, you know, we never saw a Jalen Brunson game like we saw in the opener and we've never seen a Jalen Brunson game like this, um, where he hit. Uh, three field goals uh, inside the arc and eight field goals behind the arc. He was eight for 12 from three, ended up scoring 31 points on 21 shots um, because he was just unconscious from unconscious from behind the arc. And yet, and yet when it came time to pull out the old, the old goodies in the goodie bag, right? He did. And a couple of those twos were, were in the fourth quarter, the old reliables, uh, but man, him firing away from three. I mean, you go eight for 12 from, from three and the, the the degree of difficulty on a lot of his threes was really um, off the chart. So those were the two headliners. And yet, like I said before, 
I really don't think you could look at a single Nick that played and say they had a bad game. Um, I could go in a couple different directions next. I kind of want to like save some of the conversation because I know people will, although I, this will probably be an RJ centric show tonight. So maybe I should get it out of the way now. Um, I kind of want to give Mitchell Rob. I, so hmm, man, I was about to say, kind of want to give Mitchell Robinson third billing because I thought defensively he changed this game. Uh, look, the Hawks put up 120 points um, and they probably could have put up a few more, but the Knicks are, they are still figuring things out defensively. Let us, let us just say, and um, they're one. It, it, it's like uh, the, uh, the game of Thrones, meme with Jon Snow pulling out the sword, right? As the as the army on horseback comes at him. That feels like what Mitchell Robinson is tasked with doing on some possessions for this team because they do not stay in front of guys on the perimeter defensively. Um, you know, picks eventually if you set enough picks, you're you're gonna get the Nixon rotation. It's gonna get ugly. The you know if you keep swinging the ball around and like Atlanta's a really good passing team and obviously they're really good offensive team in general, but Mitchell Robinson on, I thought so many plays where his, his, his ability to just cover ground while being mobile and aware was really the pivotal. And yet, as I say that, the reason I kind of call myself, I thought Isaiah Hardenstein had almost as good of a game. I mean, Isaiah Hardenstein, that game was in the really iffy zone there in the beginning of the fourth quarter and Isaiah Arnstein made an incredible defensive play at the beginning of the quarter after that God awful DiVincenzo turnover. Um, and then shortly thereafter had an incredible block. Um, you know, again, it, like you look at where this game was after the Knicks silliness in the end. And you're like, Oh my God, if they, what if Atlanta had scored like one or two more baskets? So those defensive plays throughout the game by both of the Nick centers, I, I thought were, were absolutely huge. Um, and then after that, uh, I got to tell you, I know, I know Dante DiVincenzo hit, I think he shot his, his first four shots on the field, shot it very well. He's 16 points on 10 shots. Um, quickly hit some shots. Didn't end up shooting it very well, but quickly was Solid, you know, it had some moments, some turnovers were that those, those few turnovers before we got pulled at the end, those were, those were a little ugly, but you know, mostly did quickly stuff. Hart even had a couple moments, had a big three, um, excuse me, not a big three, uh, had a big, uh, runner in this game, uh, where the game had gotten close and it, it put them, I think up by either three or four after he hit that, uh, Grimes quick trigger. Again, I, I talked about Grimes' defense. The last guy I want to talk about explicitly is Julius Randle. And, it, it, you know, it came up on the halftime um, Zoom. Shout out to all the newsletter subscribers where Julius Randle, it seemed like in this half, the first half, and it continued throughout the game, was really just focused on making the correct basketball plan. I know I talked about a similar thing with, with RJ earlier. With Randle, though, like he has a kind of a special relationship with this Hawks team, with this Hawks matchup. And if there was any game where he was going to be like, fuck this, I'm taking over. And look, was it all perfect? No, because with Julius, it never is. You know, he lost the ball out of bounds on the turnover there late in the game. Okay, not great. Um, defensively, you know, you're always going to be, doesn't matter what Julius does in the game. You're always going to be able to clip 
three or four or five plays where whether it's him not getting back in transition or him not like making a rotation or him losing someone like on a back screen or what what are all the different things you're always going to be able to find those right that's who Julius is I I'm kind of like I've moved past that like it's accepted and I kind of evaluate Julius outside of those again like handful of plays that we just know are going to come every game and they they're annoying but like it is what it is for him in this game a game where this team put up 90 shots he only put up 10 shots made four and finished with 12 rebounds and nine assists. Uh, the nine assists, by the way, only had three turnovers, one of which was that silly one at the end. I thought he played a really good game, you know, and I'm sure, again, you, you, you could, if you want to find clips that make that look like a silly statement, I'm sure you can. But I thought Randall's process was really strong in this game. And uh, look, when you go three, seven from three, like it kind of, can save your night offensively if, if there's some other things that maybe aren't going as well. And I really thought he was big on the, on the glass. I mean, Mitch led the team in rebounds with 13 because he had six on the offensive glass. Uh, Mitch was a beast tonight, man. He was fucking good. Um, but yeah, so I think that's, I think that's all I wanted to go with. They ended up with 30 assists on the night. Anytime the Knicks get 30 assists, it's, you know, pour, pour yourself one of these. Could have, could have been better. Obviously, they had 27 assists after three quarters, so you would have liked to see that be a little bit better. Um, look, should the game have been as close as it was the way they shot it? I mean, they ended up shooting 48% from the field and 46% from three. And um, they only won this game by six, and they nearly gave it away. A couple of free throw issues in the fourth quarter again. Eh. But you take a win. You take a win because... And I think I, I was thinking about this more... Last thing I'll say, and then we'll get to the, the Super Chats. Um, you know, a lot of the commentary after the Boston game was like how Randall played terrible and 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 Julius played or shot terrible and uh, Jalen shot terrible and like all the missed free throws and this and that. And we almost beat a, a Boston team that's supposed to be awesome. And then I thought about some more. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? You're home. More importantly, though, it's the first game for everybody. And it's the first week for everybody. Everybody's doing dumb shit. You know, everybody's kind of out of sorts. And like, yeah, the version of the Knicks that we saw is not like the version of the Knicks that we're probably going to see throughout the rest of the year, but the version of the Celtics that we saw probably isn't going to be. So I was like, maybe we were a little bit too kind. Just like, And I, I say that to then transition to what I'm about to say now, which is like, shot the lights out of the ball, only beat the Hawks by six. But I think maybe we're being a little bit too harsh if we're like the Knicks did a bad job only winning this game by what they won this game by because early in the season for everybody, right? And Knicks made dump. I mean, again, we'll we'll at some point probably tonight we'll revisit that last minute, but it, it's it's the first week of the season, you know, and I, I think especially when you have a schedule like the Knicks do, you, you survive. You know, it's it's survive in advance. Uh, style points don't matter <laughs> at, at this point, certainly. Um, so I think that's it. I, I mean, this, I, man, this one had me on the edge of my seat from like the third quarter. This is one of those games. This is one of those, like, I'm, I'm thinking of like, I don't know what year it was, but 10, 15 years ago, maybe more of like, there was like a Chiefs Colts uh, playoff game. Uh, Peyton Manning was definitely involved. I don't 
don't ask me who was playing for the Chiefs, but they had a really good offense. Maybe it was like one of the Priest Holmes teams. I'm not sure. And it was a playoff game where I think there was like no, there was no punts in the first half, or there was like one punt or something through like three quarters. And it was one of those games where it was like, if anybody doesn't score on a possession, like they're probably going to lose the game. Um, this game felt like that, and it especially felt like that in the final couple of minutes. But it, it really had you on the edge of your seat, and um, you know, there there were a couple moments definitely throughout the game where it's like, man, we should be up fifteen or or more right now. And we're up by like five or three or whatever. And I was like, that's not a good sign on the road against a, a hungry, a good hungry team um, with talent. And I'll say it one more time. Um, that's a good team, Atlanta. They're a good team. So you take the win, you're happy with it. And, uh, and you, you, you move on. Uh, okay. That's all I got. Happy Friday. Everybody this is going to make uh, win or lose tomorrow night. This is, I think going to make the week weekend feel a lot better i i would not have been i would not have been pleased if they lost this game period (laughs) and i really would not have been pleased if they lost this game the way we thought that they were going to lose it there at the very end so okay uh shout out to xj on the ones and twos tonight andrew claudio's off so or not xj he's justin palmer apjp um um uh um um i'm still i'm still Get gathering my bearings, as it were. All right, let's get the super chats. Mythic Monty, um, of course, we're starting off with a with a negative comment here. No idea why IQ was in for so long in the fourth. So, I mean, look, th- these sorts of comments. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. This is not aimed at you, Mythic Monty, but like, I'm going to say now, and I will just I'll refer. Uh, back actually there's another one from mythic monty so let, let me get to to that one and then i'll uh if rj is a metro known this team is going places yes uh hopefully but like the notion of why is this guy in at this juncture it's a really tough one because for me to address because and this is i think the trap we always fall into where we just don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to speak for anybody else. I don't know as a fan. What is the proper balance between considering the game that is happening and considering the larger sample size when you were making decisions about who to put in down the stretch? Obviously, there are times where there is an obvious answer. If someone is having an outstanding game you and you leave them on the bench for too long, did I think RJ was on the bench for too long in this fourth quarter? There was absolutely a moment, probably after one of the turnovers for quickly, where I was like, why is RJ not in the game? Readily admit that. So I'm I'm kind of agreeing with you. By the same token, if there has been one player, even more than Jalen Brunson, arguably, over the last year and now two games, who you're like, man, I kind of don't even care what he does throughout the game. Just get that dude on the floor and he's going to find a way to make winning plays, even if he maybe isn't having a great game. It's Emmanuel quickly. So like to sit here and be like, why was quickly on the floor? The dude was just the best player on the other than Jason Tatum who could win the MVP this year. The dude was the best player on the court three nights ago or two nights ago, whatever it was. So and these sorts of decisions are not going to be easy from Tibbs. Four tips, you know, 
Like, I get it. RJ should have been on the floor earlier. Totally agree. Um, that said, last thing I'll say on this point, I looked up at one point because I was like, why isn't RJ back in the game? He played 30 minutes. And and uh, 30 minutes in this game, I think, is like 35 minutes or 38 minutes in like any normal game because you we, you know you saw it. The guys were guys were absolutely positively gassed. So I kind of didn't mind the notion of like let's wait as long as we can get RJ in there so he is by far and away fresher than everybody else when we get to those final couple of minutes. Maybe I'm looking for excuses here. I probably am. Because again, I said to myself, why isn't RJ in the game? Um, but it worked. RJ looked pretty good down the stretch, right? You know, so um, yeah, it was, I, I mean, that mid-ranger, man, we'll, we'll, we'll get it. We can get into the specifics of, of RJ closing this one out um, because it was just, I mean, it was chef's kiss. It was awesome. But he had, a, the, between the pass to Randall and the two shots that he made, um, he brought them home. He brought them home. Thanks, Smith McMonty. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Robert Cross. Obviously, you know, not going to be any hyperbole here. RJ Barrett will be a top 25 player in the NBA. John star leap is here. Hashtag 53 wins. Hashtag RBCO. 
RBCO. Is that like RBCO? Like R like RBCO, RBCO. I'm sure it's obvious. They're always obvious, right? And then Andrew's like, you dumb idiot. It's this or it's that. If anybody knows what RBCO is, you know, let me know because I'm, 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 I'm a little slow. Uh, Robert Cross with another one. First time, long time, John. Uh, it's your boy, John. Easy win tonight. Am I right? Thought Tibbs coached a good game. Uh, it's always, it always raises my red flags when I, I see Robert Cross trying to curry favor with me. That means I'm getting some shit later from him. <laughs> Love the team we built. Hashtag 53 wins. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Here, oh, look, our Tibbs coached a good game. I mean, they were passing the ball like as well as they have at any point during his tenure. Like that off. I, I, here's okay. Here's where I'll, I'll I'll try to give Tibbs a, a few flowers because I know I, I know that's like the thing that's missing from these post games is like you know I really wish John would be a little bit more favorable to Tibbs. Um, that'll really get the, the viewership and the and the downloads up. Um, I don't know how anybody could watch a game like this and say Tom Thibodeau doesn't know how to build a sophisticated offense. You know, um, the offense looks pretty good to me in terms of the actions, in terms of the decision making. Sometimes it just comes down to the players doing what the players are supposed to do. Um, oh, and as far as RJ being a top twenty-five player. <laughs> Give me, just give me, a, give me a top fifty player. I'll take a top fifty player. I, my God, will I take a top fifty player so happily? Because that would be that would be a franchise changing development. I'm not, I'm not getting greedy. Thanks, Robert. Uh, Todd Rahulik, what's going on, Todd? Certainly looks like RJ has cracked the code. No, it, it does feel like that, right? And I'm like. You know, I've always tried to think of RJ comps and they're tough. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, again, it's two games. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Um, I'll tell you one thing that helps. Hitting threes helps. RJ tonight was three or five from deep. That's nice. Got to the line six times after a season opener in which he got to the line seven times. Um, that's also nice. You want to believe? I want to believe. We all want to believe. The believers have always believed. They, you know, they don't. They don't need convincing. But yeah, man, it's like you. You know, look. If you're watching this, if you're watching me on fucking Friday night at at. And you're not at some Halloween party or doing anything more fun with your time. You're a basketball diehard. So I can say this to all of the people watching right now. We do know it when we see it. We do know it when it clicks um, for a guy. And it's just, you know, I guess it's tough. He's the number three pick in the draft. And he was at one point the number one prospect in the country ahead of Zion Williamson. And not that it, that meant it was supposed to be instantaneous, but like he, there was a, it was, it was how he was built up immediately. And the fact that it has been what it's been for the last four years, like you, we, I, again, speak for myself. I 
wanted to see the leap earlier because when you have those guys that with that pedigree and that are drafted that high, you usually kind of know they're going to be a guy after year two or like at worst year three or during year three, right? And we're in year five, but you know what? Happens different, different strokes for different folks. As long as if he, if this is real, I don't sign me up. Thanks, Todd. Uh, Todd with another one. Who has a better hair, Tibbs or Trey? <laughs> Tibbs, obviously. Man, I threw out a. I'm gonna go back to the the meme that when he was a rookie, I threw out a. I found a. I was cleaning out the car today, and I found a lollipop like stuck under my daughter's car seat that had just the nastiest shit on top of it, and it looked like Trey Young's head. I disposed of it, just like the Knicks did of Trey Young tonight. Uh, Jossel Focus, what's going on, Joe? Can we get an effective field goal percentage check on RJ tonight <laughs> for receipt check purposes? Uh, the team needs to reward Mitch more than they do. Let's fucking go Knicks. Uh, hashtag, let's talk about RJ. Hashtag, one and Brun. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, again, two games. Two games, two games, two games. He's shooting great. That, I just said tonight might have been my favorite RJ regular season game he's ever played. That mid-ranger he hit towards the end there it might be my favorite shot he's ever hit. Uh, you know, obviously he had the dunk in, in game one against Atlanta in the playoffs. That'll always be part of his highlight reel. Man, that midi, man, he took that confidently. Took that confidently. Um, in terms of rewarding Mitch, I like... I feel like they make an effort to get the ball to him. Like Julius certainly tries to find him a lot. Uh, Jalen Brunson found him tonight for a lob. RJ, we know RJ looks for him. Like Mitch, like Mitch got paid. You know, Mitch got four for sixty. Mitch got a nice uh, looking like it may continue to age well. I think Mitch is fine with what he's doing. Like, it's kind of cool that he he look. Mitchell Robinson gets to the, have the distinction this year now that Stephen Adams is out. He's the best offensive rebounder in the NBA. Think about that. Think about how cool that is, right? So it's like I, I know I get what you're saying. Like, feed the big man, like reward the big man for his efforts. He will get recognized if this team wins and he keeps doing what he's doing and he holds them up defensively. I think he will get recognized. I, I and I think Mitch like for as much as he does silly stuff on social media sometimes. I think that one of the best things about him is he just do what he, he does what he's asked and he doesn't ask and he doesn't, he doesn't feel like he needs more or demands more or anything like that. Thanks, John. Appreciate you as always, man. Um, Robert Cross, is it fair and reasonable to say that this was the best Julius passing game of his career? My goodness. If so, let's hope it continues. Hashtag 53 wins. Um, no, that's I mean that's a that's a big time statement. I thought it was the best RJ passing game that I could remember seeing. Um I know he's had games where he's had more assists, but there is a, because I noted at least two instances where RJ threw what I consider to be exceptional passes. Not like exceptional for RJ, but just like exceptional passes for anyone that did not result in a made basket. So like I know he had six assists, he should have had at least a couple more. Um Again, the process from Julius was excellent. 
You know, the decision making from Julius was excellent. Um, on offense. And I'm looking up right now, and I, it's funny. I've had this game on my second or the the post game now on my second screen for since we started this post game, obviously. And somehow the Thunder beat the Cavs. I would love to know how that happened because I looked up and I feel like it was the Cavs up by a, enough points with enough time or not enough time left that I was like, oh, this game's done. And I just turned away and I stopped paying attention to it. And now I see that the Cavs have lost to the Thunder. Hello, Oklahoma City would like your attention. Uh, thanks, Robert. Appreciate the comment. As always. Uh, Austin Z, RJ is playing like an adult. He looks great. Completely agree. Yeah. All the, throw him all the flowers. And give me give me all the shade. Thanks, Austin. Uh Jasso focus with another one. With that said, we need to clean some things up early in the season. Early in the season. Like uh, again, it's it's step by step, right? Can you get, you know, it's, I I didn't even mention the game after the two Cleveland games. Can you get one of the Cleveland games? You know, like if they're, man, like there's a world where they could be like two and four. And I'm not sure I would feel terrible about this team. If they could get to three and three with this opening stretch. Boy, would I be happy because what I saw from that Milwaukee team last night and that's their sixth game of the season. I, I mean, I, I hate to keep beating a dead horse, but it's it's not even the first 10, it's the first six, because after the Milwaukee game, I'm pretty sure that's uh, then it's home for uh, the Clippers, which if the I mean, Jesus, if the Clippers are healthy, so maybe we should just say it's a first seven. And then after that, it's San Antonio, Charlotte, and then at Boston. God, I got to say it again. Five and five. Where do I sign up for five and five? <laughs> clean things up. Yes, you got to clean things up. Got to clean things up. They will. It's the benefit of having tips as a coach. You know they're going to get cleaned up. Thanks, Joe. Uh, Abdullah Diallo, what's going on, man? Thank you for the uh, generous contribution. Made the mistake of watching the Hawks feed and boy, these Hawks commentators sound like that one girlfriend from 10 years ago that still mentioned she dated you. Great team win. There is so like there's a lot of Homer broadcast crews around the league. It's the default. I I would say more of them are homers than not. You know, um, but Homerism manifests itself in different ways. And I get, I hear what you're saying here. I completely agree. It's a combination of like, there's a Homerism there. And it's also like, we get no respect and nobody pays attention to us. Right. Like a combination of all those things. And be, and then, it starts to become this like they they convince themselves like that they are this you know god's gift to whatever and this is a team that had one deep playoff run and one deep playoff run and it was one deep playoff run that was defined by what the team that they beat in the second round didn't do and couldn't accomplish and like obviously you know the Ben Simmons layup that wasn't taken will be the defining image of that series not anything Atlanta did you know, 
that's it. They haven't accomplished anything. Like maybe they will. I, I've, I've said, I said it how many times at the beginning of this live stream, I have all the respect in the world for this team. Um, how they're people that cover the, the team and have more in particular, their fans um, go about their business with this group. Um, man, bottom five, bottom five in the NBA in terms of my respect level for them. And that might be putting it kindly. Thanks. I believe Roger Fortune. What's up, Roger? Never a simple win, but a win is a win. It is it finally RJ's season. And if Julius Randle can keep improving on this all-around game, we're in for a fun one this season. Yeah, I mean, yes. So, I mean, you, you, I don't really have much to say because like, you, you kind of nailed it all. Um, I'm just trying to think of from a perspective of like, if there is a world where like what we see, what we're seeing from Randall right now, what we're seeing from RJ right now, if that's all real and they really get into a comfort zone and they continue to learn how to play together, I, I'm going to, again, I'm going to, Try not to be too ridiculous with what I'm about to say because we spent the entire offseason building up this idea of continuity, right? Continuity, continuity, continuity. Continuity was going to be our strength. Like, there are still adjustments for these guys to make in terms of playing with one another. Josh Hart, only here for 27 games and then the playoffs. Dante DiVincenzo, a new piece. And then when you factor in the, like, the notion of like Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett potentially you know rising up the food chain in terms of their responsibilities and how much this offense goes through them i i do think that there is a possibility that this thing can get even better as the season goes along um and i say that again fully acknowledging the possibility and probably in all likelihood the probability that I do not think they will have a great record after 20 games, uh, you know? So, but I, I don't like, again, you get your wins where you can. I, it's, it may be bumpy, but yeah, I like where your mind's at Roger, because I, I think the, the further along it goes, if, if the guy, if the guys are doing, if what we're seeing right now just continues, I, th- I do think all that other stuff will smooth itself out and we, we can be in for a really, fun season, which is like, look, that's what this is about, right? We want a fun season. We want a positive season. We want a season where we, again, feel good about ourselves as an organization, where young players continue to take a step forward. And, you know, you, you let the chips fall where they may in the playoffs and, and in the offseason, probably more importantly. But yeah, for sure, man. Co-sign that all the way. <clears throat> Michael Aaron, what's going on, Michael? This game reminded me that I need to pick up my blood pressure meds tomorrow. <laughs> Cheers to the KFS crew. Yeah, man. This was I'm like, I'm finally like coming down now. I've been talking for 40 minutes and I'm like, okay. You breathe. I that I feel I, I, if there's someone like listening on the like the, the podcast version of this that, that will drop for Saturday and like didn't see the game, which is probably a few people, they're like, what the fuck happened in the last minute? <laughs> Should I go? I guess I should go through it. Um, let me take one more comment while I pull up the the play by play. 
CJ Cervantes. RJ! I can't do the Tibbs voice. I wish I could do the Tibbs voice. So let's just, we'll do this real quick. So the aforementioned Julius Randle jumper, uh, the three-point shot that uh, came off of a pass from RJ. That was with 141 left. And it made it 121-114. So seven-point lead, 141 left. That was the first moment where I like exhaled a little bit. And I was like, okay. I think we got this one. And then Clint Capella um, inexplicably, inexplicably, say that five times fast, uh, missed a, a layup. And then Julius Randle got the ball. Again, up seven. Now, now, this one wasn't too bad because the, the clock had like four seconds left on the shot clock, but dribbled the ball out of bounds. And you would have liked to at least get a shot attempt there um, because not only do the Knicks make a lot of shots, at least on this night they did, but they also get a lot of offensive rebounds. So you're like, okay, happens. Willing to look past it. Then you got the ridiculous, just so silly. Um, Quentin Grimes fouled Trey Young in the backcourt, in the freaking backcourt. And what did you, or wait, maybe I'm getting, hold on. I might be getting that one confused because there was a Trey Young foul in the backcourt. It's, but Quentin Grimes fouled Trey Young. No, sorry. That wasn't, that was not in the backcourt. That was on the backcourt. It was a bad job by me. This was the first foul. So he fouled him, but it wasn't that egregious. Trey Young ended up making only one free throw. Okay, fine. Up by six. Happens. And then Brunson got fouled. Now, free throw line up by six. Brunson makes a free throw. One of two misses one. This is one, but you're up by seven with 51 seconds left. You're like, okay, another exhale. Despite the Julius Randle turnover and and the, the, the Grimes foul, which was, I think, an okay foul. I, I'm actually forgetting what that foul was. Then my blood rate went up. My blood pressure went up because DeAndre Hunter on an excellent contest, or at least what looked from my vantage point from an, by, as an excellent contest from RJ Barrett, hit a three-point, uh, step-back three-pointer, made it, dr- brought it down to a four-point lead, 43 seconds left. Okay. It's okay. Have the ball. 43 seconds left. They swing the ball around and Quentin Grimes just they swing it to Quentin Grimes for what looked like it was going to be a pretty open corner three. And he was probably like in his mind, like, all right, I got it. Am I going to shoot it right away? It's still time left in the clock. Am I going to put it on the floor? What am I going to do? Not unfortunately, not the first time we've seen something like this from Grimes. Cue the Dallas game. Um, that was a little, that was different sort of turnover, but like this has happened. Like Grimes needs to, we are getting to the point where I'm like, man, do I feel ultimately comfortable with Quentin Grimes on the floor at the end of these games? And I love Quentin Grimes. You know me. I, I love Quentin Grimes. Turn the ball over. And Im- that's the one where he immediately fouls Trey Young. Ridiculous foul. Not a smart foul. Young sinks both free throws. Two-point game. Just under 30 seconds to go. You're like, okay. It's fine. Get the ball in bounds. You're going to get fouled. Hopefully, although there's enough time if the if the Hawks want to play defense throughout the whole possession, you and before all those thoughts could fully process in your head, <laughs> Jalen Brunson throws the ball up to RJ Barrett and 
It goes over RJ's hands out of bounds. I, I want to see a different angle. The only angle they showed, I could not tell if that was Brunson's fault or RJ's fault. Um, my inclination is to say Brunson should not throw that pass or at least not throw it in the way that he threw it. Because like, and they were there. Look, they gave him some pressure and there was pressure on RJ, obviously. But so if we're ranking egregiousness of errors, given the situation, that's number one, the Grimes turnover slash immediate foul was number two. So really it was those two, the two egregious ones. The Julius is like a distant third, you know, Brunson missing a free throw that that's, you know, down there at the bottom. It's, it's really the two plays. It was the, it was the two turnovers. And then with Grimes, it was the exacerbation with the foul. And then what happens? Um, Trey Young, I couldn't tell if it was a shot. I think it was a pass to Clint Capella. I, again, another one that I'd love to see from some different angles because the ball, it Mitchell Robinson actually got credited with a, a steal on that play. I thought he made a really nice defensive play at the rim and at the very least bothered Clint Capella's attempt, even though Capella was like behind. Like Trey Young threw the ball above Mitch in like towards. And, and like it, it obviously hit Capella's hands and Capella could not finish. I thought Mitch did a really, really spectacular job, at least disrupting that play in the moment. That's what I thought. And then um, Julius Randle got the ball. Still, you're you're nervous because it's only two point lead with 16 seconds left. Julius, we know, has not been automatic in these situations. He went one from one for five from the free throw line the other night and uh, sunk two of two. Still not game over yet, and that's when Trey Young missed a layup that he probably makes ninety-seven times out of a hundred, right? And uh, Randall with a really nice rebound, and then uh, that was, you know, made made one free throw, and that was pretty much the game. So, you know, it's, it's why it helps to talk it through. It was really only those two terrible plays, it, too too many, but it was it was the two, man. This fucking team. Okay. Uh, let's keep going with Super Chats. Uh, 